So I don't talk about it because I didn't have it as bad as many other people, you know, in our city, country, the world. But I come from a really, really humble background, one where, you know, there was there were adults, my parents involved, you know, with, with having children, trying to rear children and yet not being adults themselves, right? Not being grown up enough to do that. And so the way that that sort of manifested itself was through physical abuse and emotional abuse. Ladies, 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 welcome to Linking Arms. I'm your hostess, Nadine McGowan. This podcast is by Purposeful Living Inc., which is a nonprofit that exists to serve the modern woman. We define the modern woman as the woman who looks like she has it all together, but behind closed doors, she's hurting, searching, or lonely. We're here to talk about real things with real women, to heal, to grow, to inspire, encourage, empower you to be the woman you are created to be. We are so glad you're here. Let's get started. All right, welcome ladies. I am on with Miss Ashley Butler with my Sherry and we're gonna have a real conversation about women and humility and what that means and what that looks like. And this is in perfect alignment with Ashley's mission. Um, Ashley, why don't we start off with just kind of like your success in life? Like when people see you on the outside, you know, what do they see? You've been a physician, tell me about that. You now run a business that's doing great. So just tell me about like who you are as a woman today and then we'll backtrack and talk about the behind the scenes story. Yeah, yeah, so who am I? Gosh, when people look at me. Um, you know, I think that, you know, the very first conversation you and I had, Nadine, you know, this concept that, well, I think I'm, I'm a, an entrepreneur at heart, right? Always, always been sort of seeing the opportunity for innovation and change and how do you bring that in a new way to the world? And um, so, you know, when people see me, I think they see this, well, quite literally a physical stature of five feet tall and, you know, <laughs> tiny, tiny person. And then I open my mouth and I start to talk. <laughs> and, um, and what I'm so excited about, I think that the, the success for me is really, it's the physician and, and all of these sort of accolades and awards and things that you can, you can talk about. But for me, success is true human connection, right? I mean, I think that that's part of the reason that I went into medicine anyway. And so I find myself to be very, very grateful for the sex success that I've had, you know, here in Indianapolis and connecting with people, like really connecting with people. That's beautiful. Yeah. So I guess, you know, my passion, the thing that's run through me for so long, it really has been to um, empower women. And through that empowerment, I think what I've realized is that really women, all shapes and sizes, and, you know, that it's okay for us as women to ask for help. And, you know, my mission really goes along with that in that when I'm having these authentic and vulnerable conversations with really busy, ambitious women, you know, that it's not only okay to ask for help, but it's okay to give your per yourself permission to do that, 
right? Yes. Because as women, we somehow love to help other people, right? Like when somebody else needs help, we are the first to sign up a lot of times, but it's a lot harder for us to ask for help, for us to say, you know what? I'm overwhelmed right now. I'm sick. My children are sick. A meal would be so meaningful. Or yes, could you please run to the store for me and pick up this medicine? Or can you, you know, we don't tend to do that. And I think that is so important. And that is true humility. Yes, truly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're very good at giving, but we're not good at receiving. But in order for us to be really, really good givers, we have to be good receivers. Yes. It's this, it's two sides of the same coin, Mm -hmm. right? And we have to be willing to ask for help. Um, You know, so, so on the outside, I think a lot of people would see you as very successful, very ambitious, you know, driven, uh, all of these beautiful things. And what people might not know is some of that backstory that led you here, right? About your childhood and what's happened there. And you know, how you said earlier to me, like, I know what it is to be hungry. I know what it is to be. I want to hear about that part. Okay. All right. Well, let's just dive into this. You know, we're all about authenticity here. So, um, yeah, I mean, my upbringing was by no stretch of the imagination, the worst, right. But I think we have, when I say that, I think we have a tendency to diminish our own experience. And I find myself not having shared that experience, even though it, it, those, those scars come to play even today, right? That experience comes to play even today, but I'm like, well, it could have been way worse, right? So I don't talk about it because I didn't have it as bad as many other people, you know, in our city, country, the world, but I come from a really, really humble background, one where you know, there was, there were adults, my parents involved, you know, with, with having children, trying to rear children and yet not being adults themselves, right. Not being grown up enough to do that. And so the way that that sort of manifested itself was through physical abuse and emotional abuse and, and, you know, there was a lot, I I give a lot to my mom now looking back on this and, and the survivor's story. Um, you know, I was three and a half. The first time I saw my dad hit my mom and that time he broke her jaw and she had her jaw wired shut for 12 weeks. That was the first time she left my dad. And of course we know the statistics that on average an abusive relationship, the, the victim will leave about seven times before the final time happens. And so Um, it was interesting because my mom continued to go back, right? There was stability in that, but my experience in that then was to grow up really, really quickly and to help parent my parents and to parent my brother, you know, my brother's reaction every time my parents had, uh, you know, a physical altercation was to run to the bathroom and, and vomit. I mean, that was his body's stress response. And so I'm trying to care for him and literally in the middle of my parents, trying to keep them away from one another. I didn't care if I was struck, right. I simply didn't want either one of them getting hurt. And, um, the, the concept of not knowing where I was going to sleep at night or, or being cold and being hungry, you know, that started 
once my mom made a decision to kick my dad out and, you know, and I think that it's really important for us to give space to women who, who have that inner strength to do something like that. But my mom in doing so got rid of the financial breadwinner of the household. And I remember this really distinctly, um, we got delivered a box of food. Uh, it was in a white box, like a, a carton. And, and it was it was stuff that was not edible. It was really fascinating to me. I think this was the, the state's help or, or assistance, but it was like canned whole tomatoes hmm. and, and um, like canned water. I mean, it was, it was really strange. And my mom, when she went for assistance, she was told that she made $700 a year, a year too much to qualify for assistance in a way that was meaningful. And they told her, if you sell your car, we can give you help. And my mom responded, if I sell my car, I don't, I can't have a job anymore. Right. And they were like, those are your options. Right. And, and, you know, so I'm like 10 probably at this point. And, um, so, so I just, I just think about now that experience for my mom of having two children, no income to support the household. Right. And then not qualifying for assistance too, like the, the just sheer overwhelm that that must have been for her. Um, and my own experience as a child, you know, it was, it was okay. I, I know what it now means to be without, um, but eventually my dad came back and the situation got worse, right? Because, because there was no, there was no help. And so the option was to bring, and, and it was to bring, you know, this person back into a home that didn't make it a healthy environment. And I'll tell you, Nadine, the very, well, the very last time that my mom left, um, and this, you know, I, I'm not a woe is me sort of person. So I don't really, I don't really share this widely, but I think that it's important to give this space, you know, um, it was my 12th birthday. And I remember, you know, we went to a school where like after school, we would go to my grandma's house and my grandma would watch us until my mom got off of work and then we would go home. And that's kind of how that worked. And my mom came early, you know, and she came early and she said, we're staying here tonight. And this was my, my grandma's house was, about 1,100 square feet, uh, three bedrooms, one bathroom. My grandma, my uncle lived there to help support my grandma. And then all of a sudden it was me, my mom, and my brother in this very small house. And I was like, what do you mean we're not going home tonight? And it turns out that my dad had threatened to kill my mom and she believed him that time. And for, for someone to have gone back into that situation multiple times, right? something shifted yeah. in which she knew if she went home, she probably wouldn't see the next day. Yeah. And so those things, you know, obviously I carry that with me, but I carry that with me in a way that I think allows me and really sends me and propels me into the world to try to do good because you never know what someone is going through when they go home. Never know. You never know. Ashley, thank you so much for sharing that part of your story with us. I can't imagine being a three and a half year old and probably one of your first memories and experiencing that mm -hmm. and being a 
12 year old and experiencing what you just shared and everything that happened in between that isn't being shared right now. Um, thank you for sharing your story for other women to know that they are not alone. And what I love about you being willing to share the story is a lot of people look at you and look at the success that you have and that you are today. And they just assume you probably came from this great upbringing and you had wealth and you had this and you had that. And that's not the case. And I love that you took what was painful and you turned it into purpose. And so I, I want to hear about, I mean, I can see that it's okay to ask for help. Like I can probably imagine that you probably wish your mom would have asked for help in more ways than she did. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to hear how you took that pain and have turned it into purpose today. Mm, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I will say that, you know, the, the, so my grandma um, fundamentally, uh, and in, in profound ways shaped the woman that I eventually became now I, without all of that pain, right. Without all of that turmoil, I would not have been given the opportunity to live with my grandma yeah. for seven years. Right. And see what it means to be caring and I, you know, and, and to, to serve now, I will say this, I remember being that I was at my grandma's and how does all of this play into today? I promise I'm getting to a point. I remember Thanksgiving. It was always a big affair at my, at my house and my grandma, you know, hosted. And I remember like all of the women doing all of the cooking and preparing, right. All of the cooking, preparing, they were the last to eat, last to fill their plates. And then they would clean up. And like the guys would go and like sit on the couch and watch football. And I was like, what? what is happening right now? This is, it didn't make sense to 13 year old Ashley, right? Right. So then you fast forward and, and this thread that runs through me is like giving permission to women to say, look, no, Thanksgiving should be about the memories and the connection and the family, right? It shouldn't be the, the getting ready, the, the cleanup afterwards, or that should be a family affair and everyone should be taking part. You know, it's not quote woman's work yep. doing those things. Yep. And so taking that pain, taking that experience, right. And, and using it and being empowered by my grandma yeah. to, to, for someone to have my back and say, look, you are special. You are going to do amazing things. You need to let that, you, you need to let that unfold. Right. Well, I thought that the calling was medicine. I thought that that's how I made a difference. That's how I would empower people. But ultimately, like you and I have talked about, Nadine, I mean, all of the sudden, that was something that was serving the scared little girl part of me, right? The one who had been hungry, who had been cold, who didn't know where I was going to sleep at night. But money doesn't equal happiness and money doesn't equal fulfillment. And so taking my experience and turning it into that purpose and into that fulfillment really was starting my sherry and then naming it after my sherry my actual sherry you know who was this amazing woman with the heart for service who came into my home and absolutely transformed my life the life that I share with my husband and my family and the way that I see my home you know she really was able to to come in 
and turn it into a destination, not just this giant chore, you know, that was like waiting for me after work. And we started this company. And I think that we have a really, you know, we have a really cool opportunity to, to build a company that set out to empower women to get the help that they need to live the lives that they want to live and taking, you know, I, I, I read somewhere that, you know, a company is just, it's simply, you know, the embodiment of, of the founder, right. The visionary. And, and I think that I, well, I hope that through my experience and the, the foundation that we're setting here at my Sherry, not just to empower our clients to live the lives that they want to live, but because I know what it is to be hungry. And I know what it is to see a woman, my mom, not know where the, the foundation, right? That the stability comes in to play. So we take really good care of our people by paying higher than market rate right, for the type of work that they do by giving them paid time off, by providing them benefits and professional development opportunities, and then partnering with you and your organization, right, to give them the, the, the humanness of everything, right, that life coaching, the life support, because humans are messy, and we bring all of our emotions and all of our experience and all of those things to work, to life, to every single encounter that we have every day, and I was really young when I figured that out, not because I wanted to, right? But in doing so, I found my purpose, which is truly, it's just empowering women by allowing them to ask for help and getting, not, not necessarily me giving all of the permission, right? But walking with them, like we talked about earlier, so that they could give permission to themselves that they're worth this. And you know, and, and making sure that my people don't have to worry. I don't want them to have to worry. They're a part of something bigger. And I want them to be able to engage in the economy and the community in a way that is just as meaningful for them as it is for our clients. And I don't want any one of my people to have to worry about how they're going to pay for their heat or if they're going to make it to the Saturday food bank line. Yeah. Yeah. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful how you, all the things that have happened in your childhood that you had no control over, you have learned from it. You have developed yourself. You went back, you became a physician. Then you realize, oh, wait a minute, maybe this isn't it. And this is what I'd like to do. You've started this company where it serves the client and the people, the employees, and you have this passion to serve both. And it's just really, really beautiful. And I love this concept of life is messy humans are messy. That's okay. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help because we're all broken. We all have mess. We all have yuck. We all have challenges. We all need support at one point or another. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to have to ask for help. And um, I love what your grandma said to you or what your grandma instilled in you. And so I want to speak that over women right now. So ladies, I don't know what you're going through right now or what you've been through, but I want you to know that you are called. I want you to know that you are special. I want you to know that you have a purpose that you can fulfill 
regardless of your past, regardless of your pain, regardless of your suffering, that doesn't disqualify you. You are not disqualified. But in order for you to walk in your calling and walk in your gifting, asking for help is part of that because we are not on an island. And so I really want to empower you ladies to pause and think about where in my life can I ask for help? Where in my life do I need support? Mm-hmm. Is it emotional? Is it mental? Is it physical? Is it financial? Is it spiritual? Is it relational? I mean, where, where in your life do you need to ask for help right now? And maybe it's as simple as what is one little way I can ask for help today? And maybe we practice that, you know, for, for a really long time, my pride did not allow me to ask for help. And then I had to fall. I had to get knocked over the head with a two by four. And then it was like, the only way I could get up was by asking for help. And then that taught me, number one, that people are so blessed to help. They want to help. And it really, truly taught me the gift of receiving. And it was so powerful and it was so life-giving, you know, it really was, it was so encouraging. It was so hope-giving. And I don't know what kind of help you need, but I want you to know that it's out there. It exists. You just have to ask. And I want to reference Matthew 7, 7 that says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. You know, our part is to do the seeking, the asking, the, which takes humility. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we wrap up here today, Ashley, is there anything that you would like to say um, to the women, to the listeners that are, to the people who are listening right now, as we wrap up this episode? Mm, thank you so much. Um, it's been an honor to be here to speak to your audience and the women that, you know, I guess what I would say is give yourself the grace and the space to let help in. Yes. And I will say too, that if you're looking for purpose through work, we have room for you here at my Sherry. So reach out. And we'll include your contact information in this podcast as well. That's beautiful. Um, I love the grace and space. Ladies, give yourselves grace. You are doing an amazing job and you are doing your best with where you are and what you have. Give yourself that grace. We don't have to be perfect. Nobody's ever asked us to be perfect. So let's take that expectation off. Let's keep doing the next right thing. Let's ask for help. You are so loved and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for spending your time with us today. For more on Purposeful Living Inc., visit our website, purposefullivinginc.org. We offer free coaching, growth groups, events, and have a care team waiting to support you. For more encouragement, you can also find Purposeful Living on your favorite social media platform. Leave a comment, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe. Remember, ladies, you are loved, you are chosen, you are seen, you are valued. 
You have a purpose and your purpose matters. Talk to you soon. We love you.